0: Welcome to the Josh Blair Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about bringing inspiration and encouragement to your daily walk with Jesus. We pray the message you hear impacts you as you follow Christ. Are you ready for God's Word today? Yeah. Are you excited for God's Word? We're, we're wrapping up our series, our six-week series on healthy habits. How many of you have enjoyed healthy habits, this series, so far? Yeah, we kicked it off saying... You know, when, when, we, when we're establishing something in our lives, something good in our lives, it's baby steps. It's the small steps that are votes that we cast in the direction we want to move into, right? If we want to break bad habits, the less we do them, the, the more we identify with something else. And so habits, what we've been going through the last five weeks, we've been talking about the habit of community, mastering the art of showing up. How many of you have been showing up to your, your community groups? Showing up, that's a habit that you get into to help us develop the foundation of growing spiritually. We looked at fasting and prayer. Those of us who went through a 21 days uh, time for fasting and prayer, we've seen some growth in that. We went through the, the habit of giving, learning that it's, it's better to give than it is to receive. And when we trust God with our finances, we, God partners with us. We had a guest speaker, Pastor Ben Brown, come and speak to us about the habit of worship, developing a lifestyle of worship. That was great. And uh, last week we spoke on the, the habit of unity, making sure that we don't create disunity in the body of Christ, because that actually brings a, a, a distortion of who Jesus is to the world. But when we are unified, Jesus said, the world will know that I am the Son of God when you stand in unity together. So those have been things that we've been walking through, and I've, I've really seen a lot of growth, I think, in, in a lot of us that have walked through that process of of developing these habits in our lives, and if you've ever, if you've missed one of those weeks, I would encourage you to go back, check out our, our Facebook page, you can watch the sermons there online, or you can check out the podcast, uh, it's under my name, Josh Blair Ministry Podcast, but you can pull that up and listen to the, any of these sermons anytime, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to those, because I think they're very beneficial, I believe that they're the Word of God, a timely Word of God uh, for us, the church, amen? So I would encourage you to go back and, and listen to those, so So this morning I want to preach to you about the last habit that I want us to see to see develop in 2019 And it's the habit of serving The habit of serving. Are you excited about serving today? Amen Serving always sounds good. It always sounds real noble until you actually have to do it You know what I mean? It's like oh serve. I love I serve the Lord I serve the Lord sweet. Can you clean toilets? Uh, Hold up. I don't I don't remember Jesus uh, asking me to do that. So I don't I don't think I can do that right serving is It sounds good until we actually have to do it. Serving is a, sometimes a challenge for us, especially in our society. Because society says that it's better to be served than to serve. Do you know what I'm talking about? Thanks, Mama. That's my mom, everyone. I was wondering why everybody's looking over to the left. And I'm like, oh, it's my beautiful mama. That's why. So, thanks, Mom. Uh, but society tells us that, uh, that it's, it's better to rise to the top. To get to the level where people serve you. That do things for you so you don't have to do them yourself. That's really the, the, the epitome of being successful in, in the United States. Would you agree that if we get to the level where we have servants and waiters and people that do all these things for us, then we feel good. That's how, to, how society lays it out. Have you ever heard the saying, it's good to be king or it's good to be queen? It's like uh, everything's working out. People are doing stuff for me and so I'm, I'm in a good place. But the the idea that, that the that society lays out for us is that it's good to be served to have others do things for us rather than doing things even for ourselves or specifically doing things for other. I'm gonna tell you a kind of an embarrassing story of myself and it does involve my brother, so I apologize for maybe throwing you under the bus this morning. But uh, it's kind of an embarrassing time. I I, I was in high school my brother and I were in high school and we were attending a YCC right down the street and um, there was an event going on Uh, there was an event for serving dinner or something I really don't know what it was for because I got volunteered for it and um, so my mom just tells us my brother and I hey you need to show up you're going to help do this event and so first of all we didn't we didn't want to be there uh, we were high school kids and we wanted to live our own lives you know what I mean anybody high school in here that's like mom dad please don't volunteer me for nothing I want to live my life you know what I mean so we were in that season where we're just like we don't want to do it and so we show up and we show up late and things are already kind of going forward and we report to the coordinator and we're like yeah we're here what are we supposed to do And so she's like, okay, great. I'm glad that you're here. Go to this team and see if they need anything. So we walk in to where they're having the food, uh, the fellowship hall, and everything, it's buzzing. It's, It's packed in there. People are running around serving food and stuff. We walk in there and we're like they don't need our help like they got everything under control this is everything's fine like this is a mistake for us to be here and it's perfect i'm glad that they have everything already worked out because that means we get to leave and that's kind of how we saw it we we didn't want to be there in the first place so we thought we're going to get out of here and so uh we didn't even it didn't even dawn on me that they might need help cleaning up or they might need help tearing down at the end or washing dishes but it was just in that moment like they got this covered and so my brother and I, we look at each other and like, yeah, let's, let's get out of here. This is, this is dumb, this is a mistake for us to be here. You know, let's, let's go ahead and leave. And um, I don't, I think we talked to the coordinator that we we're leaving, but I don't really remember. Uh, I don't know if we just left, which would be super rude, or if we walked up to her and we're just like, we're leaving, which is also super rude, you know, but we did it. And it's embarrassing to me because I think now that I'm in a position in the church where, uh, you know, I'm pastoring a church. If I had somebody come in that was going to be a volunteer and then after two minutes of being there, it's like, peace, I'm not going to do this. I'd be, I would be mad. I would be upset. Would you be upset if someone came to help you and they're like, you don't need my help, jerk, I'm leaving. You know, that's exactly how I felt. And that's why it's kind of an embarrassing thing. And, and in my heart, I felt like, and I can't speak for my brother, but for my heart, I was like, I'm kind of above this. You know what I mean? I'm kind of above serving spaghetti, okay? Like if it was lobster, I might serve it. But if it's spaghetti, I don't really want to deal with this. I got things to do, like play PS2, because that was big in my day. PS2, anybody know? PlayStation 2, for those who don't know what PS stands for. I was in that zone, and so I didn't want to be there. And now, looking back, I thought, man, how, how rude and how selfish of me to not think about somebody else or what other people might need. And then I just blamed my mom and I go home. I was like, Mom, never volunteer me for something ever again. It's a waste of my time. I could have played video games, you know. And it's embarrassing, but I think looking back at it, I... I wish that I had responded differently. I wish my attitude would have been, it is better to serve than to be served. I wish my attitude would have been mature enough to say, I would rather be here just waiting in the wings in case somebody needs something than to think that they owe me something when I walk in the door. You either tell me what I need to do or I'm out of here. And I got real frustrated. I wish I was mature enough to say, I'll be here, whatever you need. You need me to bust tables. You need me to wipe down things. You need to wash up. You probably don't want me to wash dishes because I'm not that good at it yet because my mama hasn't really shown me that much. But if you would just, if you want me to do something, I wish I would have responded that way. And I didn't. And now looking back, I'm like, man, how could I have grown? I wish I wasn't so jacked up and I treated people like I was above them in those moments. Have you ever been in a situation like that before? Where you were supposed to do something, but you really didn't want to do it, so you just walked away instead? Nobody else, right? Just me, just immature Josh. Everybody else has got this down, right? You ever been in a position where you just felt like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I don't really want to serve in those moments, especially if what you're going to do is going to go unnoticed, or what you're going to do is going to go under, be underappreciated or not appreciated at all. I just don't, I don't want to do this. I actually, this is a side note, but I kind of think about moms a lot who serve their families every day, every night with food and washing clothes and doing all these things, and it goes unnoticed and unappreciated or underappreciated. And I wonder, you know, if some moms are just like, I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. Is there any mom? Don't raise your hand because I don't want you to feel, feel bad. But I could sense in your own hearts, like, I'm, I'm tired of this. And I just want to take a moment right now. I know it's not Mother's Day, right? But I, can I say this anyway? Thank you, moms, for, for loving your families well, for caring for your families and feeding your kids and clothing us and washing our dishes and our laundry, and faith's not in here. I'm not getting any brownie, brownie points for this, but uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, for serving well, even when it goes unnoticed. And I want to I wanna add a note to husbands and children that your mom and your wife aren't the only ones called to serve the family. It's not just their responsibility. It's not just their job to do all the things. Actually, we're called to serve them too. In fact, Jesus says that we're all called to serve each other. And before, um, husbands, before you think this in your head or say it out loud if you're a crazy person, that, that that's the woman's job to, to make sure the house is clean and all of these other things, I would I would encourage you to look up Scripture and see if there's anywhere that it says... Uh, woman, thou shalt pick up your husband's dirty chonis and throw them in the, uh, in the washer and place them back in the drawer folded and clean. I don't remember seeing that in scripture anywhere. I think it's cultural. It's a cultural thing. But can I remind you that Bible trumps culture. And sometimes us as husbands and kids, if you're still in the home, you need to help your mom out because she's doing a lot of heavy lifting. And it's important for us to say, I'm called to serve not just be served. And it's actually better if I serve you than it is that I let you serve me. It's a calling, and there are, there are wives that say, this is my calling, I want to do this in my family, but let's not take advantage of it and make sure that it's not something that we just expect. Amen? Amen. A little side note for you. There's, a, there's another portion, there's a, it's actually a story in Scripture found in Matthew chapter 20, and it's a mother trying to take care of her boys trying to make sure that they got a good place in the kingdom of God it's the mother of the sons of Zebedee James and John who are also called the sons of thunder because they were loud and boisterous and were knocking stuff over all the time they're running around a lot and this mother who wants to serve her kids comes to Jesus and kneels before him, and he says what can I do for you and she says would you would you give my boys the left hand and the right hand in your kingdom, And what she means by that is, will you give them places of authority in your kingdom? When the king sat, whoever sat to his right hand and to his left hand had high places of authority, basically acted for him in authority in places. And so she was saying secretly, she went behind everyone else's back and said, hey, I want my boys to be in places of authority over and above all these other disciples and everybody else. And Jesus was like, I can't grant that for you. That's not my call that's my father's call he's the one who knows who's going to be sitting there but when the other disciples heard about it could you imagine how they responded it actually says in in verse 24 it says that then when the disciples heard of it the other 10 they were indignant at the two brothers meaning they were they were hot they were upset but jesus called them in and he said to them you know that the rulers of the gentiles lord over lorded over them meaning he's saying You know, the Gentile rulers say it's good to be king. It's good to be waited on. It's good to put people in subjection to me. You do what I want. It's good to be served that way. And he says, And their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus here is providing this blueprint for us that it is better better, better to serve than it is to be served. It's better to be in a place where you are choosing to serve others. The goal isn't to rise to the top so that others do everything that you don't want to do. They would wait on you hand and foot. That's not how the kingdom of God works. Serving others actually is the highest calling that you can achieve. Do you believe that this morning? I mean, do you really believe that? Or do you think this is just a kind of a a whack sermon about serving and I don't want to hear about it? Because it's it's really a challenge for us to say, I'm willing to do the dirty work on your behalf. I'm willing to do the things that no one else wants to do. I'm willing to get my hands dirty to, to help you out. That's a hard thing to do. But Jesus says, would you be willing to serve others rather than have them serve you. My question is, have you ever ever been in a place where you've been ruled over or you've been lorded over before? Maybe at work, maybe you've had a boss or a manager who was just a jerk and was like, you're doing this, you're doing that because I'm in charge. Anybody's ever experienced that before? Maybe a classmate was a bully who was telling you, you're going to do this, you're going to do that because they were bigger than you and stronger than you. They lorded over you made you feel dumb or worthless or like dirt, all because you had a lower status than them or you're younger than them or you're smaller than them. But Jesus says, that's not how it works in my kingdom. Those who have real power are the ones who willingly choose to serve, who aren't forced. They want to and they take pleasure in it because they know the promises of God are much greater than any success that you can experience here on earth. And in fact, the beautiful thing is that partially this idea of serving confronts this power structure that we have set up in our world that those who serve are less than those who are being served. And second, because serving others in the name of Christ reveals the love of God to a world who don't know really what it means to be, to be served willingly and lovingly. Jesus says in John chapter 12, verse 26, and I'll paraphrase here, that if you're going to serve me, if you're going to if you're going to follow me and allow me to be your lord and savior, you actually have to follow my example. You have to serve others and lay your life down. And if you'll do it, he says God will honor you. But if you aren't willing to do it, if you're not willing to serve, then I'm not really your lord because you're not following my example. If you're not willing to 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 surrender, then how can I be your savior? We always talk about being saved from our sin and we want a Savior, but we don't really want a Lord because we don't want to submit our own wills and, and and come under submission to what Jesus wants for us. And it might be difficult for us when He tells us we're called to serve. We're called to set the example in serving others. Do you know that serving demonstrates love? It demonstrates love and how do the world know that God loves them unless we're willing to reach out and serve them, those who are unlovely. I want to talk to you about what serving does. Serving is rooted in seeing. Let me say that again. Serving is rooted in seeing. To serve somebody, you have to see their needs. But not only does it help you see their needs, but it also helps you see, see them how God sees them. Do you know everyone, God... Believes everyone is valuable. Everyone has the spark of God's image in them. And he says that they're valuable, and when you begin to serve them, you begin to see them as God sees them. Really, in in reality, when we're caught up with our own concerns, much of the world just becomes invisible to us. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you're stressed out about something, you're anxious about something, you don't know about anything else that's going on in the room or anybody else's concerns or problems because your problem looks like the biggest problem that you've ever experienced in your life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those who wrestle with anxiety or worry, that stuff can cloud you so much that you can't see any other need or any other problem because that has become your focus. But when you choose to serve even through it anxiety and worry it helps you to begin to see other people's needs and it puts your problem in perspective. The fact of the matter is many of us look right through people and never see them, let alone care about what they need. We walk around and we just don't see people's we don't see what people need because we're so consumed with us. But serving is rooted in seeing. You ever felt like you were invisible before? That no one cared about you, that you weren't seen? Jesus has called us to be a people who see, a people who see the needs of others. And Jesus demonstrated what serving looks like. Our main text for this morning, John chapter 13. This is where we're going to stay for the rest of this morning. Starting in verse 1, this is, I'll set the scene for you. This is during the Passover festival. And Jesus, before he goes to the cross, says that he knew his hour had come. And he knew that it was his time to leave the earth and go back and return to the Father in heaven. And he says that he had loved those who were with him in the world and he loved them to the end. And they were having their meal together, their Passover meal. It was in progress. And Judas was about to betray Jesus. The devil was already prompting him and already sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And he was going to go do what he was going to do. And Jesus, knowing that the Father had put all things under His power, verse 3, that He had come from God and was returning to God. He got up from the meal and took off His outer clothing and wrapped a towel around His waist. And after that, He poured water into a basin and began to wash His disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around Him. Chris, would you join me up here? I want to do something. I want to demonstrate what Jesus did. This is Peter, the disciple. And Jesus is going around and he's washing his disciples' feet. Put your feet in there. And when, when he washed their feet, you have to recognize that this was a... It was a necessary thing because... The people in the ancient world, they, they had open-toed shoes, they had sandals, and they would step in, in stuff all the time. Their feet would not only, the nice, nice part of a dirty foot would just be mud, but there were horses and there were cattle and there were sheep, and so they would step in things that didn't smell so nice. And so when people would welcome people into their homes, they made sure that the lowest servant would go and wash their feet so that they would walk into their house and not dra- drag all this nasty stuff into the house. And so Jesus takes the position of the lowest servant to wash the disciples' feet, and he begins to do it. And it says that when he came to Peter, Peter said, you're not, you're not, you're, are you going to wash my feet, Lord? And Jesus said, yeah, I'm going to wash your feet. Go to the next verse. One more. It says, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Next slide. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Do you know it's a place of humility to have someone wash your feet? And it's a humbling place to be the one who washes feet. There has to be a relationship of humility and understanding For feet to be washed. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Do you know to to be cleansed of your sin, you have to be washed by Jesus. To be in a relationship with Jesus, you have to allow him to cleanse you. His blood given and poured out for you so that you can be in right relationship with Jesus. And then it says the water of the word, it washes us as well. But if you don't allow him to wash you, you have no part in him. Go on. And Simon Peter said, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Isn't that funny how, how religion works? Jesus says, I just need to wash your feet. Peter's like, wash all of me. Isn't that how it's like, isn't that how it is sometimes? We want to be so zealous for God that we'll put even more limitations on us than God even wants us to have. And then we think that we have to jump through all these hoops. And then when we fell our own, our own stipulation, the enemy comes and accuses us and tries to beat us down and make us feel like we failed Jesus. But, but this is what Jesus tells him. Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. He's talking about Judas, because Judas is still in the room. Next one. For he knew who would betray him when he had said, not all of you are clean. Go one more. And when he had washed their feet and he put on the outer garments, he resumed his place and he said, do you understand what I've done for you? So Jesus kneels down here and he begins to wash their feet. The beautiful thing, oh my Lord, that's hot. Remember that one time you punched me in the face? <laughs> uh, got your back. That's not what Jesus said. He begins to wash the feet. What's beautiful when Jesus says, those who have a bath are clean, only those whose f- feet are dirty. You've been clean, your feet are dirty. You know, I, I really think that foot washing should be an ordinance of the church with baptism and communion because when we wash each other's feet, we're symbolizing that in life, you'll have struggle. You'll have issues. Even if you've given your heart to Jesus, even if you've been baptized as a demonstration that I now belong to Jesus, walking through life, your feet are going to get dirty. You're going to step in some things, and then all of a sudden you're going to feel like you've fallen short, like you don't belong, like, you've, like you don't have a relationship with Jesus again. And you think, do I need to get rebaptized? Do I need to go redo these things? And Jesus has said, if you belong in me, you're clean. Just your feet are dirty. And what this symbolizes is saying, as we serve each other, we're actually restoring one another back into right relationship in the community. We're restoring, we're reminding each other when we wash each other's feet, Man, you're clean. And if you're struggling with something, Jesus has cleansed you and we can wash each other's feet, wash the junk off each other's feet and say, we're still pursuing Jesus together. You might get some stuff on your feet you, that might mess you up, might make you slip, but, but come back into community and let us wash each other's feet. Now, it's symbolic. Thanks, man. I want to dump some more hot water on you, but I won't do it. <laughs> Would you give my brother a round of applause? After service, he's going to wash my feet. (laughs) But Jesus was presuming the lowest state of servanthood to demonstrate that there is something powerful about serving each other, that serving each other can actually help restore each other. Those who are going through some hard things in life and they just feel like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm really even on the right track. I don't even know if I'm really doing this Jesus thing well. If you, when you come along and you serve people, you may not even know that they're in that state. You may not even know that they're even having that discussion inside themselves. But when you serve them and you love them, through and by the power of Jesus and His love for them, you're actually washing their feet and reminding them you still belong to the kingdom of God. You're still in the community. You're still clean by the blood of Jesus. Come and walk in right relationship with Him. Does that make sense? Foot washing is a beautiful example of serving and doing the things nobody wants to do. Today, In our culture, foot washing would look like cleaning the toilets. Because no one really wants to do that. Especially after all the toddlers have been in there. (laughs) Foot washing is going up and hugging the homeless and helping them clean up and doing things around them that nobody wants to do. It's doing the dirty work as a demonstration that God loves you and God is for you. Our service can help people be restored into the kingdom of God who feel like they shouldn't belong because of stuff they've walked through, the stuff that's on their feet. Are you following me? Some people need to be reminded today that it's the blood of Jesus that covers you and it's His righteousness that He bestows to you. And just because you got junk on your feet doesn't mean you should walk away from Him. You should walk to Him so that your feet can get clean. And you can continue to walk in His righteousness. Our service to others can lead to restoration. It's symbolic. It's restorative. It helps people be made clean and be reminded that they walk in Jesus' righteousness. Because the devil will use anything to condemn you. He'll use anything he can to tell you you're not worthy. That you don't belong that you aren't saved, that you don't belong to Jesus. And I would tell you today, if you've given your heart to Christ, continue to submit to Him. And if you mess up, turn to Him. Because He wants to have a restoring relationship with you. I love what He says there in verse 12. Do you understand what I've done for you? In verse 13 He says this, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Jesus is saying here, if you want to follow me, you want to be my disciple, do as I did. Serve each other. Love each other. Allow grace to flow between you and the other person. To wash someone's feet there has to be some type of relationship there. If some stranger just walked up to me and was like, bro, I'm going to wash your feet, I'm like, bro, you need to step back. Because there's no relationship. Who's go- Don't touch my feet. That's weird. But if we have relationship, I mean, it's still kind of weird, but I, I'm sure I'd probably let you wash my feet. If I have a relationship with Sam, Sam, I have a relationship with you. If I walked up and said, Sam, I need to wash your feet, what would you say? He said, I'm Sure. Because there's relationship there. He knows me. I'm not going to do anything weird. I'm just going to wash your feet. To to, To have that kind of relationship, you have to have some type of intimacy there. There has to be some type of relationship there. There has to be humility on the part of those who are being washed, those who are also washing. And the beautiful thing of when that happens is that grace flows between you and I in those moments. The love of Christ flows between us as we serve each other, as we symbolically wash each other's feet. Not only does service help restore, it can help keep people in the community. So many times people get hurt in the church and they just leave the church and they think nobody cares, nobody even notices me, no one knows that I'm gone, they're not going to miss me. But when we serve each other, we're, we're reminding each other, you belong here. We want you here. You do belong here. It's important to remind people and to let people know when we, when we miss them, when we haven't seen them in a while. It helps as a form of serving them. And this is what Jesus told us to do, helping keep people connected in community. He says in verse 15, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent me. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. It's a humbling thing to kneel and help clean up the mess. And it keeps us in a place of humility as well so that we don't walk into areas of serving and say, ah, this is below me. I'm better than this. And some of us wouldn't even say that out loud, but we think it in our hearts. I'm not going to do this. And we'll use the excuse, they don't need me, but really you just don't want to. This foot washing was a way to remove crud off of people's feet that they picked up as they walked through life. and Their whole bodies weren't dirty, it was just their feet. Many followers of Jesus who were in right relationship with Him have stepped into something from time to time and it slows them down or it messes them up and it messes up their walk. Have you ever been in that position before? You're walking in with Jesus and then you hit something unexpected and it throws you off? You just need to be reminded that you're still in right relationship with Him and as we serve each other, we can help each other do that. My challenge for us this morning as we come to a close what can we do to serve each other that would help us follow Jesus closer think about that what is something that I can do today this week that will help somebody follow Jesus more closely what is one area that I can serve where I know a lot of people don't want to serve What can I do that I know people are avoiding? Maybe it's in the kids' ministry. Maybe it's in the nursery with all the dirty diapers. I don't see a whole lot of people running there to serve the stinky babies. (laughs) Maybe it's setting up and tearing down for church events or other events that's going on that people don't really want to do that. Maybe it's taking out the trash or cleaning up bathrooms or making things are put away and in order before before we leave that's a sacrifice i'd much rather go about my business but if other people are avoiding it maybe i should be the one running to it because my father sees it and he'll honor those who serve what about other forms of service for your neighbors or your coworkers Doing things everyone else avoids. Do you know that service begins in the home? Be- begins with your kids? Begins with your spouse? How can you practically wash each other's feet this week? And I'm not, I'm not being literal. Don't go up to your kids and be like, I'm going to wash your feet. First of all, they should be doing that themselves. Or if they're young enough, you should be doing that during bath time. But I'm saying practically, what can you do to serve one another? Jesus set the example for us to follow. How are you following it? How are you serving? When we serve, the Bible tells us we'll begin to see what what people's needs are. We'll begin to see people for who they are. When we serve, we'll begin to restore those to faith who have been struggling. And when we serve, we can keep those close who belong to the body of Christ.